Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you, whether you're a golf instructor, like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast, or you're an aspiring golfer, somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the tour coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay. And if you like the tour coach, you're going to love pro work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell golf on YouTube or go to at the do sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to watch inside the ropes behind the scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett, and a host of others. And you'll see what it's like to be a, player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes inside the ropes to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10 15 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the pga tour it's all there for you on pro work just like it is here on the tour coach so thanks for listening we've got some great content coming we've got some great discussions some great roundtables and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on the tour coach and i couldn't do this tour coach without the following sponsors they've been loyal to me i'm loyal to them i think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world people that stick together and i think that's why we've all had so much success i've got to thank the folks at bushnell golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show my teaching as well as the pro work series vineyard vines and the folks there unbelievable they keep all the dew sweepers looking good myself as good as you can and all of the folks at our retreats and especially shrixon and cleveland golf chip holcomb eddie dry and all of the folks there i mean we couldn't do it without it it's over 20 years i've been with shrixon cleveland golf i'm not going anywhere Without that, Mason Prang and the folks over there in California take such good care of us. They've got the best product that you can find anywhere. So special thanks to Shrixon Cleveland Golf. And then finally, my good friend Mitch McConnell and the folks at McConnell Automotive, Buick GMC here in Mobile, and Buick GMC for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years. So we've got great sponsors. We've got great partners And we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the tour coach. And then when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. I had the uh, privilege of uh, just a couple weeks ago at the U.S. Open, he had had some really nice lodging for him. (laughs) He was staying with one of my my players. out at uh, LA Country Club was doing some stuff for Sirius XM. He's one of the great teachers in the game. I had the opportunity to spend 30, 40 minutes or so walking inside the ropes with him. I was greatly appreciative of that. It made it easier to navigate. And just a few weeks ago, Brian Manzella and I did a did one of these tour coaches and we came up with the Mount Rushmore of golf instruction and uh he was he was one of the first people we put on this on the Mount Rushmore of golf instruction and golf coaches, Jim McLean. Jim, how you doing, buddy? And thanks as always for taking the time and uh, appreciate all the insight and the info we got to chat about out at LA. It was a fun 30, 45 minutes for me getting to walk with you. Well, absolutely. Thank you for the podcast. And it was really fun to walk around and watch Ben uh, play. 
and talk to you for several holes. We snuck around pretty good and got to see uh, some great golf and also to talk about some uh, good ideas and teaching. Yeah, yeah, it was really, for me, you know, like anytime I get the chance to hang out and, and, and talk with you, to me, it's just always, it's just always fun. And, and we were talking before we came on the air here, we were talking a little bit about how many of these I do. And, you know, I, way back, the first time I ever talked with you was doing the Dew Sweepers radio back on Sirius XM years back. And to me, the, the opportunity to meet and to talk to you and other, other of the great teachers each week doing that show was was huge for me developing as a teacher because one you develop friendships and relationships where you could ask somebody for help or questions and two just the access to the information and you know one of the things i'd like to start with is you know we touched a little of this walking around but i feel a little bit nowadays you've had such a huge influence on teachers and the and people coaching the game your teaching tree is uh one of the biggest if not the biggest and best with the folks that have come up under you and that are you know they're nationally ranked whether it's by golf digest golf magazine you've had such a huge influence i was fortunate to come up under a under a teaching tree where you know you you kind of learned the process and you you learned how to do things you know to me it doesn't seem like there's near as much of that i think we need more jim mcclain's I know you're still going strong, but we need more of that, in my opinion. Uh, people helping develop teachers uh, and helping them get their way and being a mentor. I think that's something important that used to happen in golf. And, Jim, I'm not quite as sure as if there's as much of it as there used to be. Well, Tony, when I was uh, in New York uh, as a head professional, uh, I thought it was really important to have meetings with my staff. And then, you know, at a club, you don't have them. So maybe not as much incentive to the head professional to do the training or for the corrective instruction pretty busy and hard to take the time away. But when I went to the Doral in Miami, um, and we developed uh, a lot of teachers in one area and then expanded to some other places like PGA West and some other places where we have a lot of teachers. 17 teachers at PGA West the training then just like you said for me having the weekly meetings which we had our training meetings uh, 90 minutes every day was like going to a seminar which I love going to seminars (laughs) as a PGA member and as you mentioned going to see other teachers I did that for a long time, and then I was asked to start doing those seminars myself. But I would do them with Manuel De La Torre or Craig Shanklin or Craig Harmon, Dickie Harmon. And we would do a lot of these seminars around the country. But then you learn from people as you do these, even if you're doing the seminar. uh, You're learning, and you're going to nice places, and you see how people run their operations. And, you know, I, I think my time my 19 years in new york at, at private clubs was you know a great great learning time for me in a, in a very strong section and then being able to transfer that down into uh running my own golf schools uh the training to me is is paramount 
you know, I, let me just leave it at that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and, you know, uh, you mentioned the business, you know, you mentioned learn, you know, I think one of the things with mentoring and, and with the way you brought people up is they, they didn't just learn to teach. Obviously they've learned to teach. There's so many great teachers, but they learned, they learned how to be business people. They learned how to treat people. They learned how to run things. They learned how to structure things nice for clients. And, I mean, that to me, and we don't have to go, go down the street, but that's often overlooked in what it takes to be successful as a, as a instructor and teacher in the business world. Oh, absolutely. Uh, quite a few of my, the teachers that work for me are directors of golf at top clubs. And the reason they got those jobs is because they're super knowledgeable about golf, about teaching them, but also how to, how to service people and, and, you know, how to be able to run an operation. So we can leave it at that. But uh, it's just no. a pretty important thing, you know, of, of what we've done at golf schools. And it's that's been a fun thing for me. Those meetings mm-hmm. that we do, that uh, I run to a degree, but a lot of times I don't run it. I just sit there and listen to everybody. And we try to be very up on the what's the latest and, and also to learn about the history of golf and and. And all of the aspects of, of running a successful business. No question. You can't do it. You can't do it without the meetings. You can't do it without the training. No, and you have to. Don't you? I think one thing is everybody's got to be when you're doing a golf school. Everybody's got to be on the same page with information, right? Don't you agree? Absolutely. Like, you know, and and that's where you know I've watched as I've come up and. My mentor Hank Johnson was big on like we all sang from the same songbook, right? And you weren't going to go from one station to another and get information that was, you know, opposite of each other, or or it was worse for the student than not going to the school at all. No, I'm. I, I just did a um, a two hour meeting where I actually did the whole meeting, and but we I went through the whole system that we teach. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of the, I call it a, a code for teaching. There's no code for a swing, but there's a a code for running at least this teaching system that I have the the difference that that I have even that we teach positions I show all, all the, my instructors in very much in detail how to break down a golf swing and if you're going to break down a golf swing you got to stop the video and, and you know understand where the best players in the world are and it turns out uh, like a lot of things in life it's it's pretty random you know right. <laughs> But there, I think there are safety zones, and, and I think as long as my teachers understand where those safety zones are, it gives them a lot of freedom because I don't teach a one-way-for-everybody teaching concept. Um, I, I have some things that are get very tight in the, in the eight-step swing, you know, from halfway down to halfway through, uh, being very neutral in that area, having a lot of speed in that area and, and the ability to hit the center of the face. But as far as the backswings, the, there's a very wide areas that I teach my instructors. So I think that's been the most important thing in, uh, in, in what I teach my teachers. So you, you sent me some notes, which I love, some things to, you know, back and forth to talk about. And, and so I'm picking okay. some things out here that, that interest me. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about, I'd like you to expand on throwers and draggers, talk a little bit about that, um, you know, and then just kind of go a little bit into the golfing machine and dragging, uh, if you don't mind discussing that a little bit, because I think there's, no. and you know, here's one thing too, I do want, you know, 
I want to ask you, like, you've been doing research, and I, you know, have wa- watched all the stuff on social media. Talked to you, obviously, Carl Welty. Uh, you know, you were doing research before it was popular to do research. I've seen those pictures of you at the Superstation, the old, you know, with the wires on, and, um, you know, and then kind of, you know, take us through draggers and throwers, and, you know, and then all this science stuff that's out there now. How much of it is really new, Jim, or is this stuff that we've all known? for a bunch of years or that people like you have figured out uh and so forth and and maybe you know because to me when you turn on social media and you look at things it's like everybody comes out with something new everybody puts something it's like it's like they're trying to show they're the first person that's ever thought of it and they've got something brand new nobody's ever heard of that's going to fix your golf swing so i'd love for you to talk a little bit about the draggers and the throwers but then talk a little bit about your research and and really how much of the information that's out there is brand new. Okay, wow, that's a lot. That's a, I know, uh, I probably loaded stuff. you too much there. <laughs> well, it's all great stuff, though, and it's all super interesting things to me. Um, yeah, a lot of teachers maybe no credit or they heard somebody say something, they don't really know where it came from. Um, that bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's been a lot of great teaching in the past that's that's really discovered a lot of uh, what we think is brand new right now. I think we have better ways of saying things. I think we have better ways of displaying information, of course, with uh, biomechanics and uh, launch monitors and things that the uh, student can see. I think that's a huge step forward. Uh, but a, a lot of these things were discussed, you know, way back. Right. Um, I, I was I was fortunate. I got taught by a really good player um, when I was younger. His name was Al Manger, but he worked for Claude Harmon at Wingfoot, and he'd worked for Tommy Armour at Boca Raton too. You know, two legendary yes. uh, players, and they were, they were players and teachers. They won majors, but they also taught a lot, which is a pretty interesting combination. Um, and then I got uh, Al Manger went to Oak. Oakland Hills in Detroit. I, I was in Seattle, Washington, so I, I, he went away, and then I was okay. I missed the tour school, and I, that's when I first went to the golf machine with Ben Doyle. Okay. And Ben Doyle brought the golf machine to the world from Homer Kelly's writing mm-hmm. in Seattle. Ben was a good player. I played with Ben. And he got me down this road of, you know, golf machine you know and and for me all the golf machine guys for forever taught what what they called a a dragging method or the hitting method Um, hitters swingers in the golf machine so you know that's where i kind of got the throwers and draggers because i just felt like it was much more descriptive uh for for the people i taught yeah and when i looked at uh ball strikers What's been so interesting are the great players who you could say were throwers, guys like Tiger Woods and Greg Norman and Jack Nicklaus, who didn't take divots, you know, would just skim the grass and had a full release when you watched it on video. Uh, yeah. Very least. But then you could go to the to the draggers uh, or the people that hold the face off, have very little face rotation, more body rotation. And you could put Colin Morikawa, Lee Trevino, and Hovland in that group uh, who are very easy to see different from 
a Nicholas or, or a Tiger who were super, uh, really let the club go. And, and then you look at right, right now with uh, Colin Marikawa being the best uh, iron player uh, on the planet and compare him to Tiger Woods, who was by far the best iron player <laughs> of his era, which that wasn't that long ago. Um, and they're doing it and they got completely different releases. So that's what I'm looking at. And, and then I see, so sometimes you're teaching people to drag more, create more leg, and sometimes you're getting them to have more throw. So there's sort of a hybrid area in the middle of all this, but, um, you can overdo. I think you can really overdo the dragging. Yeah. Uh, for me, with the golf machine, with the head being like uh, the the centerpiece, the uh, a centered turn idea. There's different, a lot of different things really in what Homer Kelly wrote. There's a lot of things. I'm just talking about what was being taught. Right. Right. That book. And um, you know, so it. it it wasn't great for me really with my golf swing, but it really helped me with my teaching. And the other <laughs> thing is the idea of position teaching really, you know, was great for me because I, it really helped my teaching. Uh, ben had the sequence camera. That's the first time I saw that. Uh, that was the camera that you, you pulled sheet out. You loaded it up and you pulled the sheet out and it developed in one minute and uh, it would give eight frames. And uh, for me, I could, you have a little dial on the side, and you could you could quickly realize that a lot of people, uh, everybody has maybe a little different timing and tempo. And amateurs who are trying to swing slower are already uh, about ten times slower than a than a tour player. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're trying. You know, they're trying to swing slower. Like I still hear people say that, and, and that's an interesting thing. But uh, that's when I saw the. the the framing and with Car working with Carl Welty, we did so much work on, uh, we had two TVs up there and we would draw with a dry erase marker. We kind of kept that secret for a long time. Yeah. Uh, as we studied things, uh, and to see, um, we, and back then we didn't know there wasn't anything like today, but we, we all, we studied the, tour players that had won two majors and we will look closely there were 17 of them and we tried to look closely if, if they did anything the same and that's how we, that's how i really started doing the studies with uh, carl welty that's fascinating um let's talk about the eight step swing um because mm -hmm. you know read through your notes familiar with it obviously uh you know i like I'm, I think all teachers, don't you think they all have some preferences? Like if you had a raw, yeah. like if you had a raw canvas, like you know a thirteen, a fourteen year old that I mean was super talented, or thirteen year old, and you could do whatever you want. You have preferences, and lots of these are in my would be in my preferences. So let's talk a little bit about the eight step swing, kind of how you got to it, and let's and and you know let's just talk about it and how it can help folks. Well, I think. Um setup is something that most teachers would agree on. I yes. think most people if they look at Tiger Woods setup which is kind of like a little model I've kind of used, mm -hmm. would say yeah that's a pretty good setup. It would be tough. You could you could use other players, but most great players set up pretty good. Pretty close. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, you know, that was not an in-swing step. Um, the first move off the golf ball for, to me was uh, the 
important. And I, I got that a lot from Ken Venturi. I, I played a ton with, and I watched him teach uh, John Cook and Tom Watson and what, tons of other players. But but he was a real big Ben Hogan guy and Byron okay. Nelson at Tottenham. So he, he really worked on the first part of the swing, like the first three feet off. So I, that's the area that I look at a lot, that, that things are moving away together. And then, you know, halfway back, I think Tony halfway back was probably taught three or 400 years ago. Right. You know, I think teachers kind of look at a halfway back position to see where the shaft is pointed, the angle of the club face, how far the arms are away from the body, et cetera. So I, that, that was a big spot. Um, and then... The next place was when the club uh, got to the three-quarter position, left arm parallel, and then top of the swing, four. And then we had two spots. If I want to say this. I wrote this book with 12 positions uh, when I started, which included the setup. Um, but I tried to sell this book for a long time. <laughs> and I finally got to a Sports Illustrator was interested in doing it. And they said, we'll do six steps, six positions, because nobody can think of eight places. It's just too, too complicated. Nobody wanted, you know, really to do the book um, until, you know, I started having some more success with writing with um, Golf Illustrated and Golf Magazine cover pieces. Right. And uh, finally, I got um, uh, Random House to say, would do eight, eight positions. So I, di- I did eight. And uh, then that got down to impact was step six, halfway through step seven and finished position step eight. I know, you know, uh, you know, a lot of times we'll work on people just going to a good finish. And a lot of times just constantly working in person, getting to a good finish, getting to a tall uh, balanced finish up, up on off the back toe, fully over to the left side. A lot of times working on that helps their whole swing. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing, you know. Um, but to me, working on positions, when people know what they're supposed to do after they leave a lesson, I give them drills for whatever area of their swing they need to do. Uh, I think that's been huge for me. And you do hear other people somewhat, you know, in the old days, I would say going back a long time ago with it, thinking about positions would be a very bad way to, to teach that you had to teach the whole swing. Um, you can think of, you know, a to B to C to D, to D you know, right. But it, you know, I'm not teaching 12 places when I, when I watch somebody and work with somebody, I'm using that as a diagnostic tool, right? Because I know from doing this for 45 years of, of doing these swing studies and, that where those safety zones are that we don't there's no perfect backswing for example there's there's things that are important in a backswing but where that club goes you could go like from john rom to rory McIlroy to scotty scheffler right now with three of the greatest players in the world and just see a amazing difference in where the uh, the left arm is in at the swing and where the wrist is Right. Uh, is Jim Rahm a better ball striker than Scotty Scheffler? It's pretty close. Yeah. But it's a very big difference uh, from a very short swing, a super bowed wrist, to Scheffler with a very upright swing and a little cup in the left wrist. And um, I think people, more teachers are recognizing this. So you can't teach one thing. 
and you have to have, but you have to have, um, you have to have a really good idea of what you're trying to do. You can't just be the, you, you, you can't tell a person, this is what I want you to do. Uh, you can't just say, just swing through and don't feel anything, which is what a great, you know, what a great player says when they hit a great shot. <laughs> yeah. They all I, say they what, didn't. <laughs> what, you know, what, what'd you feel there? Nothing. I didn't feel it felt great. You know, that you can't teach nothing. So I will get your, I want to get your opinion on, on a couple things here. You touched on them. So like the first, let's start with the backswing. There's people out there that say the backswing doesn't matter. I, I disagree with that. Cause to me, from my experience, it almost seems like the better the player, especially as you know, we're dealing with, you know, say tour players, whatever, like it seems like the, I do more setup work and backswing work. And then you touched on, you know, getting people to go to the finish. You know, then when I do golf schools and you you have, you know, mid handicappers, maybe people that aren't as great, aren't as athletic getting that. It seems like with them, oftentimes forward swing stuff, like going to the finish helps them better. Is that, am I crazy on that? What are your thoughts on that? No, I think when you, when you focus on um, from impact uh, through the, through the ball, that changes downswings mm-hmm. uh, for them to, in order to do that, whether you want them to get the club more out, let's say for a right hand or more out to the right or more out to the left, then that will change their, um, their move down in, into impact. So that can, that can be important. I don't want you to, I don't want anybody to think, I don't think the backswing is important because I focus, right. I mean, with the factor that I wrote, I mean, that's all about, you know, how you um, create power in the swing uh, the differential that you create between the hips and the knees, the hips and the shoulders in the backswing, how the head moves in the backswing. So I'm looking like that, you know, very carefully on, on how things are, are sequencing and how they're moving and how the body is loading up on the backswing um, and, and how you, how you use your pivot points and you know, how, how much, how much movement there is, those are really important things to me. No question. No question. And, and again, you know, you go back to the X factor. Uh, I mean, these are all things that are being taught nowadays. I mean, I spend a ton of time, obviously, with, uh, you know, fitness people, helping people learn to load and stable lower bodies mm-hmm. and winding into their trail side. I mean, this is all stuff. I mean, like the stuff I'm teaching isn't new. It's stuff you've talked about before. You know, and that's kind of where we started with this is, you know, that I don't know that there is a lot of new stuff. And I think that's, again, going right. back to where I started, why it's important why it's important to spend time around and be mentored by people who've got a lot of experience. You know, you can't replace 45 years of experience in one day, less than 45, you know? No. Well, like working with Ventura, he was a big Hogan guy. And then I got really studying Hogan because also, um, Mr. Harmon was a huge Hogan guy and, um, Menger was. And so reading carefully, it took me a lot of times to read paragraphs over and over to try and understand what he was saying. But, you know, what was resistance? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I wrote the X Factor, one of the things that I was I saw was, and I had spent quite a bit of time with Sam Snead too, but was that the 4590 was just a, a nice idea. But mm-hmm. I saw a lot of, to me, a lot of guys, men and women, turning a lot more than 90 degrees of shoulder turn. Right. Um, I finally, I got a, the great chance to, um, sorry, this thing is ringing here. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. Uh, a, a great chance to, um, 
have Michael McTagg, who had a sports motion trainer from San Francisco after I'd written this thing. And we came out and, and put that trainer on uh, maybe 80 guys at the PGA because they, they were interested. Uh, Peter Jacobson helped me a lot on that. Uh, with his great personality, bringing a lot of guys <laughs> over there. We, we brought it down to the front of the range. It didn't take long to put put this thing on them, and we'd do the, have them hit a few drivers. And they were very interested in, in looking at the swing, and I actually had quite a few guys come to me afterwards, um, after the X-Factor, to work on, on power generation. But, yeah, it turns out that this, um, this differential, and I think biomechanics is proving this more and more with gears and other other biomechanics uh, professors and people in this business of this differentials is very substantial. Um, there's been some guys that want you to, you know, straighten the right leg out. Uh, I kind of disagree with that. I don't definitely don't want to see uh, a person straighten that le- back leg up and, and lock it. But the knee always has movement. But I think there is resistance in the lower body going back and, uh, for the younger players, for sure, uh, so they can get a, a big shoulder turn, uh, a short arm swing, and a resisting lower body that just explodes on the way forward. Where well, that's where the explosion has right. going forward, um, and you increase the X factor, uh, which is the differential between the shoulders and the hips. The shoulders, uh, I mean, the hips separate away from the shoulders starting down, which increases the X, um, and that is one power generator um that's, that's fun to look at no i, lo- I love that stuff um I, fantastic and and people should read go back and read the book if they haven't already uh, before one other thing i want to touch on before i ask you a, a last question is let's talk about okay. uh let's talk about the stop and go drill I, I love drills i you know i like to give folks drills i like them that are more simple than complicated something that they'll actually maybe do uh talk a little bit about that explain how you yeah. came up with it and what it's good for because folks listen to this you know we also have a lot of it's crazy. I didn't know this when we started doing this, but we have tons of young teachers and teachers that listen to this. And, you know, heck, this is something that could help some teachers out there. Well, in the uh, in the late 70s, uh, I, well, in the 70s, I was playing uh, all the you know tournaments in the Mets section. And I, I saw a guy who had a really funky swing. <laughs> we, we were out on, on, a, on a range, just a field, and I, I was watching him, and he was – he knew he had a really funny backswing, and he would take the club up and stop at the top, and then he would look up at his hands, and he'd move the club around, and then he would try to bring the club down, and then he'd go up, and he'd do it over again. He did this quite a few times. So it got me thinking, and that's, that's a really cool idea to actually go up and just stop and, and look at it. So I thought, well, you know, maybe I could go up and stop and, and actually hit a golf ball doing this. So I went back to... Um, this is a Westchester Country Club, and I went back there where I was teaching there. And, you know, you could go up to the top and stop and hit the ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that kind of experimented a little bit. And then I actually I put that in the first book I, I wrote was um, uh, the drills book, the Golf Digest book of drills. And then when I started speaking, I would, you know, talk about that was, you know, all of these things. We, we even did five-day schools for the PGA for playing where we'd have 20 – 25 pros come and we'd work with mm-hmm. them for five straight days. So you had to have a lot of drills to do. And I've always loved drills and this was just one of them, but I showed it to a lot of people 
And uh, I use this drill with re the guy I use it the most with that had a tremendous amount of success was Peter Jacobson and also Hal Sutton. And uh, Hal really, really liked it a lot uh, after he could do it. It's a funny drill to do because at first, you, you know, even a good player might top it, might, uh, might take him 10 or 15 balls <laughs> until they get going. But uh, I did show it to a lot of a lot of teachers, and I think like now I've seen uh, Victor Hovland does that drill a lot. Yep. I saw him do it at Oklahoma State. Uh, my son played at Oklahoma State a little before him, but I would see the, the pictures of him going up and stopping and then whipping it down. And of course, uh, Matsuyama played that way. Yeah, with a complete stop at the top. He's kind of taking that out right now, but um, and some guys are really slow at the top. Um, so I think it's. I would say this guy, uh, I didn't, so I didn't really invent the drill, but I, I kind of invented hitting the ball with the drill. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's been a good one. I, I've used it with a lot of, you know, a lot of good players. Yeah, uh, no, it's Steve great. Hadley, a lot of guys, you know, to go up and, and feel where you are at the top, where's your pressure, how much weight do you have in your back foot, uh, how much weight do you have in the, in the front foot, and then, you know how you start down so the, uh, it's really good for people who start too fast with their hips and, and they get out uh, or too fast with their shoulders uh, so they can um, they can get a real feel of kind of getting more connected starting down i would say this is really more for the better player right though. right for sure so all right i'm gonna actually ask a couple more questions you put in here the truth about randomness discuss randomness <laughs> well, I read a lot of stuff. And I, it just made me think of golf because, you know, you've got a, a player with a, everybody's got a different body, the length of their fingers, the strength in their hands, the length of their arms, the strength in their arms, the length of their legs, the width, size of their body, their overall strength. But then you put on top of that, you put a head. And you've got a trillion neurons going through every everybody's head. Everybody sees a little different, thinks a little different, feels a little different. Um, and, and I was thinking of that kind of on uh, quantum physics, because in quantum physics, nobody really knows what's going on with the smallest particles, of how things work. And they keep changing a little bit the structure of, of, of trying to figure out what is happening with bits and qubits, which are the things <laughs> that transfer information, like from your phone up to the satellite and back, in in two numbers, zero and one. And you know, it's just I don't know. I'm not saying I know anything about quantum anything about physics. Uh, really, I like reading about it. It's just so unbelievable that you know this all this information is being transferred um, on on a zero and a one. It's just like unreal. But for the golf swing, we've got all of this randomness. The the all the muscles, 660 muscles in your body, 220 bones, and you've got to coordinate everything coming down. So it's just impossible for me to think that that you can teach one way. And and a lot of people give the same lesson from morning till night, and I, that's one thing I have definitely tried not. To yeah, do. I try to look at every person I work with, and just because somebody can't do something, I don't say okay, well. You're inhibited, so we're not going to do that. I don't necessarily do that. I, I feel like you, can, you know, if you work with somebody, uh, maybe they've got some inhibition, something where they need to work with a physical trainer or something. But um, I feel I, like I think you have to work with the individual. 
You know, I, don't you feel? I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because the whole this guy he can't do that. I feel like our yeah. job is to coach somebody, and they come to us to get better. And yeah. if they need to learn to do something or improve at it, like to me, I feel like if I just say, "Oh, this guy's not; he's just not strong enough," or he he can't do it, so I'm gonna just lean him over there and let him. I mean, to me, that's like not doing my job. Like if they come to me, they're paying them and they want to be coached. Like like our jobs to coach and develop them. I mean, who knows well, that they a, won't go to the gym and do stuff? <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. I think we need to be able to tell them the, um, the movements that are important. I think it's stages. You know, when you're a beginner yeah. and in golfer, then there's, you know, I teach them very differently. I'm mm-hmm. much more hands, arms, great, yep. steady head, uh, you know, just try to learn to get the uh, lead wrist flat and forward. And then we move into the great majority of players, though, the Let's say from, you know, I don't know, from five to 25 handicappers. So, you know, that's a huge range of, of players. <laughs> and then we've, we've got to find out, you know, what can make them a better player. How do they hit it longer? How do they hit the center of the face better? How do they improve their swing plane? And everybody has issues, right, with almost with their body. Something isn't perfect, but we still have to work with them to give them the best of our information and, and give them a, a better idea of how to swing the golf club better Uh, last two questions okay okay so first if what advice would you give to somebody 14 to 17 years old that really wants to get great at golf what would you tell them yeah well i i have this idea of the 25 percent theory which is long game short game mental game management game so i'm gonna i look at that young man and, and see what part of this game does he need to work on the most is it his ball striking is short game and certainly when you're younger you've got to spend more time on that short game because right uh, that that's a time when you 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 have the ability to imitate and to and to really make huge changes. And as you get older, that that's much, much more difficult to do. And you have to have a great short game to be, you know, a, a, a college player, let's say, to be a good, a really good player. But uh, we also need to get out on the golf course for the uh, course management part and get out and play a lot of golf. Because there's, a, I see a lot of people have kids we see have really beautiful looking golf swings. But they they shoot seventy seven or seventy eight mm-hmm. on the golf. Course. See it Other all the people, time. Not that great a looking swing that are shooting in the sixties. And uh, to me, I try to get the kids out to play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. To get out and learn, you know, learn on the golf course. Um, I think there's a lot of teaching now on getting a, a perfect golf swing. Uh, maybe we're getting a little bit away from that. Yeah, right think, now. hopefully. Yeah, and um, and getting them to be uh, mentally stronger too. So they're doing good things to help them with their um, mental pre-shot routine, all the things that go into the, before you hit the golf ball and working on your strength and flexibility and, you know, the things away from the course so you try to give them an overall game plan. And I think to me, the idea of giving a plan is mm-hmm. something that, a game plan. Wonderful. Last question, a little bit two parts. What if you were a starting out as a teacher, young teacher, what advice would you give to that teacher to you know, to be as good as they could be, to have a great career and to still have what do you do to have still have the energy and the passion that you do after doing it all these years? 
Well, you've got to find out if you if you like the teaching. And I think everybody has the idea that they're going to, they're going mm-hmm. to like to teach. You're going to need the energy. You're going to have to have the interest, the big interest in, in helping people. And then also working on your own game, uh, developing your own skills so you can demonstrate. I think super important to, to take you along. I mean, not necessarily. I know there's some people that don't do that, but play in tournaments yourself develop your own skills, read everything, Give start your library right away and read different books. Go see teachers. I think a lot of teachers don't actually go take lessons themselves. Mm-hmm. That was a major thing in my life. I actually took the, I didn't go watch somebody teach. I went and took the lesson because I think that's a, tip, mm-hmm. a completely uh, thing you know when you actually take the lesson you learn a lot more about a teacher when you take the lesson themselves you can shadow I guess I don't even allow, allow people to do that I don't do the shadow thing but if they want to come down and take a lesson from me that's great um, and you know I do a, le- a lesser number for uh, for PGA pros and assistants so um, you know that those are the things I, I would I would uh, recommend that's fantastic Jim Awesome insight, great stuff. This flew by, uh, and thanks for thanks for always uh, letting me bounce stuff off you, and for coming on the show for all the years that you did, and the podcast, and and also for the time two weeks ago at the U.S. Open. It was a lot of fun for me, and I got a lot out of it, and and I always enjoy the time you take to spend with me. Well, I thank you very much for having me on this podcast, and and once again, we had a we had a really fun day out there in Los Angeles and uh, I wish you all the best I know you're doing great uh, it was great catching up with you and learning all the uh, you know good players top players you're working with so keep up the good work Tony alright Jim you. we'll talk soon thanks buddy I hope you enjoyed this edition of the tour coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing learning and teaching the game of golf we'll be back next week with another edition of the tour coach In between now and next week, make sure you follow us on our social channels. You can always find me at The Dew Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and The Dew Sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrixon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.